Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. We've been doing this podcast for three years now, and this is the first time we've ever sent you a bonus episode on a Friday. All right, this is big time because today I have the privilege of sitting down with Bear Reinhardt, the lead singer of Need to Breathe, one of the biggest bands and kind of the world of, of indie music infused with Christian imagination. I mean, there's so many other ways to define the genre that Need to Breathe carved out probably 5, 10, 15 years ago now. I mean, that's how long they've been making music, but there has been one artist, one singer-songwriter, one band after another following them in their footsteps ever since. So Need to Breathe, they're trailblazers. And today, Bear and I talk about their brand new album, Out of Body, which is currently being shipped to all of our highest level patrons, the vinyl edition of this album, which is super exciting. And also your little sneak peek of what's to come, because this is a big week where people are signing up as Love Good patrons all over the country, all over the world. And they're going to get their first ever welcome package, which is going to include everything here in the fall 2020 package, depending on their level of subscription, which is super exciting. But hang on to the very end of this episode to hear how you can get your hand on a copy, a free copy of the out-of-body vinyl, regardless of your level of patronage, regardless of your level of subscription. So sit back, Enjoy this amazing conversation. In just a moment, I'll be sitting down with Bear Reinhardt. It takes time to realize that your life's gonna pass you by. So hang on to the light in your eyes and you'll feel it. Hang on to your love from your original reason. So hang on to the small town. Well, Bear Reinhardt of Need to Breathe, welcome to the Love Good Podcast, man. How you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're super pleased and privileged to have you. You've obviously got a lot going on right now. A big album coming out August 28th. It's only been a year since the debut of Wilder Woods. And I've personally been a big fan really since daylight. My sister's name was Haley, and that just became one of our mantras. Haley, don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't even nice. pretend, you know? But dude, it's been a real privilege and a joy as a fan. And now as somebody who even gets to surround himself with a lot of other artists and patrons to, to be able to, to support and rally around a career like yours. Tell us what, what have been the biggest surprises over these last 14 years? Cause it's been quite an adventure to watch unfold. Yeah, man. The surprises I think is really about probably how hard it's been. <laughs> I think when you first get into it, I mean, I think if you'd ask me 20 years ago when I was doing this, it's like, we always felt like we're like a couple months, once one thing's going to happen and we're going to make it, you know, it really obviously isn't like that, you know, from talking to everybody, but there, it just feels like it's a series of ups and downs and 
you never really get good at it. It's amazing. You know, you get a little bit better. It's like, I'd say that about golf too. You never get good at it, but it's, I feel that way about making records. You know, it's just every time you go in there, you're like, we got a great plan for this. This is going to be easy, you know, but it's gut wrenching every time, which I suppose is the way it should be. But I think that's probably the biggest surprise for me. And the other one is how long I've gotten to do it. I mean, I don't think there's any way. I mean, it makes you feel older now that talking about it. I turned 40 this year. So there was, a, I remember a conversation a manager had with me. This has been 15 years ago about making it. He's like, we got to get need to breathe big. I mean, because I don't know what's going to happen when Bear's 30. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and so now it's, it, you know, 40 is around the corner and it's like, wow, I can't believe this is still really happening. So cool, man. I'm curious, what have you enjoyed more through the years? I know this is an impossible question, but the creative process, writing, recording, releasing music, or the live show. Now, obviously, sometimes that happens, you know, alongside each other because you've released some incredible live albums, but I can see how much fun you're having on stage. I can only imagine how much fun you're having in studio. Yeah, it's, you know, I like both of them when they're going well. <laughs> it's, it's really, I think we've had tough times on the road where it's been, uh, we maybe bit off a little more we can chew or we've been out for too long and that makes it tough. But then on the other hand, it's, it's been great when, when we've just hit that sweet spot or you first, like when we first played red rocks or those kind of things, you know, it's like all the anticipation around that it's even what fans have. I think we have equally as much. I've really liked the last, this, this period that we're in, which is crazy time in life for everybody. Obviously the creative process has really been sort of a haven for me maybe more than ever. Maybe when I first started playing guitar when I was 16, it was that way, you know, it's like, just, it makes me feel safe. And I, I, you know, I get in my studio and in the morning, just tried to work a little bit every day and ended up writing more songs than I've ever written. And it, and really didn't have a reason to, you know, we were making a record, but it wasn't like, so I just wrote way too much just for the fun of it. And I think that's probably, you know, the sweet spot for me and in, in music is when you can not think about the, you know, as a means to an end really. And so I think that's, that's probably my favorite part. So cool. I mean, there's not too many ends right now in, in quarantine and lockdown. There's so much that feels so uncertain, I'm sure, even to the career of an artist, maybe especially in the career of an artist. And we had Drew Holcomb on the podcast. It's probably been a couple of years now. One of the things he said that I'll never forget, he said, Jimmy, music kills loneliness. I think it also kills boredom, right? It kills despair. You talk about music being a place where you feel safe. Tell us a little bit about this power that music and that beauty through music has had in your life, perhaps even since being a kid. Yeah, I think, I think you know, obviously everybody has a different experience with music. Mine in particular, I'm a pretty quiet person. I'm very shy. You know, when I first got married, I, I had the kind of anxiety that like, I can't be at a wedding for too long. You know, one minute too long, I'm getting hives. And so <laughs> you can imagine like how great that is for a music career or being on stage or whatever. Um, so for me, there's an element of, I think I'm even just this time in my life where I'm just trying to get back to that, you know, being like a kid. And, and music really is the portal for me to do that. It seems like it just it sort of helps me unlock that lose where I am. And now that I have kids, young kids, especially, you can tell that they're that way. They just walk into a room with no concerns at all, no anxiety. They're just, like you know, and I, I really am jealous of that at this point in my life, you know. So I think that's kind of for me what music has always been is a, is, is a safe place to be myself and to figure it out and to lose control and all those things. 
So cool. I mean, we spend most of our adult lives trying to reclaim that childlike wonder, that innocence, yeah. <laughs> that abandonment, you know? Yeah. So uh, obviously you have two sons named Wilder and Woods, and now you've got a solo career on the side, Wilder Woods. Tell us a little bit about that, the history of even the, the solo effort, but also the naming of your two sons, Wilder and Woods. Yeah, I, you know, we were going to name the first one Bear Junior or Little Bear or something for a long time, and I just at the last minute we were just like, we don't want to put that on him. Like, we just <laughs> I don't I don't want it to be like he's got to be a singer, he's got to play ball, or you know, I just want him to be his own person. So I think we were looking for creative names that would go along with Bear, but that wasn't you know it wasn't Bear itself. And then, you know, the solo thing, it's something I've always wanted to do. I think it's impossible. Any business, I've talked to a ton of people, I just feel like it doesn't matter if it's music or not. Music is the same way where, you know, you you work so long to get it going. And then once the train kind of leaves the station, it's really hard to turn. <laughs> it slows. It's a very slow turn, you know. And and I think for me, I, I had felt it in the last couple of records. Like there were some things I wanted to say and some kind of music I wanted to explore and some people I wanted to collaborate with. And there just wasn't a good way to do it without like messing up need to breathe to do it <laughs> I guess you know and so I was like it'd be awesome to have this experience and really there was just a window in time where the band had been on the road a bunch we'd had a new record it was like this is this is kind of the time I can do it and um, I had a ton of fun you know going back to that I, I went into it with no expectations which was you know the best place you could possibly be in this you know scenario it's hard now to not judge it you know, like want it to be successful and all those things. But the experience of making that record and all that just was zero pressure on it for me. And so I just had a blast. So cool. The first artist I ever saw do something similar was John Foreman. Yeah. Obviously, Switchfoot, John Foreman, Fiction Family. Is there anything else on the horizon for you? Is there going to be uh, a, another know, there, project? There might there? be. I've, I've written a ton of songs this year. So, yeah, I mean, I've had this conversation with John, too, a lot. And even ask him well before this thing, I put it out. And I was like, what? You know, and he really feels like it sort of fuels the other thing. And I, I would agree now that I've gone back and made a Need to Breathe record. I, it was just the f most fresh I've felt going into one since the very beginning in the sense of just like, I know what this is and I still love this. And, but it also has this newness of like, I did this other thing, I'm coming back to it. So it was, it helped me be, I think a lot more focused and, and brought some of that sort of less pressure attitude or whatever to the studio that I think the band had sort of needed for a little while. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting. I think this comes very naturally to an artist, particularly over these last six months where there's been a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anxiety, even a lot of boredom, as I mentioned. What's your word to the non-creatives out there, to the non-artists? How do they get out of their slumps? How do they keep things fresh? I mean, maybe it's not going to be a particularly career-related move, like starting a, a second project, a second brand in a sense under Wilder Woods. But for the average person out there, what's your word to them? How do we keep life feeling fresh, childlike, joyful? Yeah. I, I, you know, I think it's, I think obviously it's tough. So that'd be my first thing is to say that, man, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's probably not a forever solution. <laughs> I think that, you know, for me, it's been really cool. I, there's a lot of artists I've talked to that haven't written songs during this period and they've focused on some other element of what they do. It's family or if it's whatever, I'm trying to kind of have the same enthusiasm for 
you know, today I've got some projects I'm going to do after this is over. And I'm like, I'm trying to, and, and it sounds silly. It's kind of ridiculous, but I got so busy that I didn't enjoy those things as much as I used to. And, and now when I actually put my mind to it, I'm like, I'm going to Lowe's, I'm doing the stuff. I'm like, you know, and, and there's some element of that I feel just really empowering to be honest with you, you know? And so I think that's kind of, I hope that's the key for some people just to kind of attack life in a, in a total, like taking mundane things and making them new as, as you can. You know, I was at the park with the kids this morning, even, and it's, and it's one of those, you know, it's like, how can we get on the monkey bars with them? Can we do this thing? You know, I think that really, it has been a struggle though. I'm not going to lie. I feel like this time has just been kind of a house of mirrors for everybody. And obviously some people are really excelling at it. My wife is pregnant and, and due very soon. So this has also been a whole other thing, like bring a kid into this crazy world. We can't <laughs> tour. You know, it's been probably 10 years since I haven't been on the road. So the idea of like not going on the road for a year and a half or something, is just mind boggling to me, but figuring it out. Yeah. So what, what's the insider scoop right now? None of us can predict this virus and the future of American life and culture, including live music. But what's what's your hope for this upcoming year? Yeah, I think I think we're planning on going out next fall. That's our hope. I think we'll do a few things here and there where it's responsible between now and then that are more charity based or smaller, you know, kind of things. But honestly, I think we're at the mercy you know, of a science. I, I, I kind of, I don't like the idea of rushing back to this and bringing our fans into a situation that's not right. And we, we had a chance to go out next spring and, and I was just like, can, but it was all half the size venues and half the seats and half the, I'm like, at some point, is this really what we want to do? You know, we just, everybody wants to get back. So I'm sure there will be this crazy rubber band sort of reaction to being able to buy tickets again. And I think we'll probably sell a ton of tickets and this will be this, I don't know how long that'll last, but there will be a sweet spot where it's like, finally. But I do think it's a long way off still. It really feels, it feels just, I mean, obviously I'm a huge sports fan. So watching how that has happened and the biggest organizations in the world are, are trying to figure this out and they are having trouble. So <laughs> I would think us as musicians, obviously are gonna, you know, have a trouble and it's, it's a traveling circus. That's just the way it is. It's really hard to set it up. So we just recorded a live stream thing, which I know everybody's doing something like that. We were really ambitious and I'm excited about that coming out. It's going to come out when the record comes out. And we played the entire record all the way through in a studio, multiple cameras and a crazy, like, it's just really fun. So cool. And I think this is the time, you know, for creativity, you know, even beyond how we write a song, how we record an album, I've got to think outside the box and how we get great music and great culture to people who I think are feeling really isolated. You know, I think all of us can tap into that or, or recognize that in our own lives. Tell us a little bit about Out of Body. Obviously, many of us have heard singles. I've had the joy of, of listening to it now, uh, a hidden stream all the way from start to finish. It's it's unbelievable. I've always been a huge fan of listening to y'all's albums albums from start to finish, because I feel like I'm going on a journey. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind even the title track or specifically the, the flow of the album. Maybe there's even a song you want to touch upon. Yeah, I think it's been a, it's, it's been an interesting thing. It was a little fuzzy when we first started, but I knew we were kind of talking about this idea of like letting go and being beyond our egos and all that. And it, it sounds, you know, kind of trippy and psychedelic in a way, but another way it's very, I think, spiritual and, and even biblical, you know, it, of just like this idea of, is this really about us? You know, I'm a huge Richard Rohr fan. And so like, there's a lot of that talk of like the beginning of life, you're establishing this ego and safety and all these things. And then second half of life is letting all that go. 
I think out of body is, is that sort of in a nutshell, but it, it kind of like meanders around this idea of being a child again. It's one of the songs on there. And I think always in our stories and this record is the same. We're talking about there's as much grace and sort of the death as the resurrection. You know, it's like most of our songs are about the redemption story. They just are not about the end of it. <laughs> They're always about the like struggle part, which I think is a blessing and a beautiful part of it. If you can learn to accept it in that way, obviously. And so I think I think a lot of those songs are the first track on the song is called Mercy Short. And it's about this idea that I think we all have to like at some point we we get to the end of our means you know, of our understanding. We think, you know, I think the thirties for me was one of those, like, especially decades where it was like, I'm learning everything now. You know, I, I was an idiot 12, 20 year old and I thought I knew everything. Now I really do know everything. <laughs> and now it's like, you turn 40, you're like, well, none of this knowledge matters. You know, it's like, you kind of like, <laughs> um, so I'm sure 10 years from now I have some other, but that's kind of where out of body was, it was about, it's like, man, can you show up and be present in a moment and not concerned with what it means for you personally? personally. And, and it, and that translated into how we made the record. And it really was a really fun sort of joyous experience. You know, we kept it light in that way. So, yeah. So cool. I mean, I love that you don't hold back from speaking, writing and creating around human suffering, like to, to somehow assume that we've got to always have it figured out all the time, which is a little bit how Christian radio can feel, for example, or just sometimes this pressure we put on Christian leaders or Christian spokespersons. We, we need all the answers all the time as if to assure us of our own faith in the gospel. And yet there's a lot of folks out there, artists in particular, need to breathe in particular, who are willing to suffer out loud and to invite the rest of us in and, and to more deeply and more humanly suffer in a way that does lead to redemption. That gives people a lot of hope. I mean, I, I know, again, that a lot of your creative process does involve collaboration. I love that there's a tune with Drew and Ellie Holcomb, Survival, track four. And there's a lot of artists that I have seen open up for you guys through the years that we've had the privilege of working with as well, artists like Colony House and, and Ben Rector. Tell us about this community of artists that I think in many ways you're, you're a big brother to now. What's it like being a part of a family of artists? Yeah, it's, it's really fun for me. I've, I've always liked the element of getting in, you know, when Ben was one is a good example of somebody who used to call me. He's like, tell me a good way to do t-shirts. You know, it's like the very beginning of his career. You know, it's like, oh, it was just exciting to be able to, I mean, we learned a lot of lessons the hard way. So I think being able to impart some of those things to other people has been a, a real joy of mine. And the other thing is it's just inspiring you know, especially people like that you mentioned, Ben, Drew, Colleen House, they're just great people outside of. So when we took them on the road, we became real friends. It wasn't just about the art itself. And the art was like every night you get, you forget how good they are until you watch them again. You're like, man, I, you know, that really drives you to be better the next day or write better songs. And it, it is really, really sweet, to be honest with you. I just, I feel like there's, it's like, you know, I don't know. The only way I could relate it to somebody who doesn't do it, music like this would be like a summer camp reunion kind of thing. It just, it does feel like that when I see those guys, because we went through some crazy life together and we all knew each other, honestly, when none of us had anything, 
you know, we, we at least met each other very early on in, in our stages of our career where it was just like, it wasn't assumed that we were going to sell tickets. You know, we all had that in common. We had this, like this fraternity of like, we've traveled the world for, you know, 11 people a night. <laughs> uh, it was just, you know what I mean? That it takes a certain insanity of a person to continue doing that year after year. And I think all of them are insane in their own way, which is great and, you know, comforting to me. That's cool. All right. Final question. I'm sure this is one you're getting a lot. What's it like being in the band without Bo? Man, you know, it's, it's interesting, tough. I'm still figuring it out. I mean, fortunately in some ways for us, we're, you know, not going right on the road. I think that would have been probably the toughest part to figure out. I've had a little bit longer to grieve the idea of it. I think than fans have, I mean, there's, it's been some conversation for a couple of years. And it will never be the same. I'm sort of a fatalist in that way. I'm always like, look, guys, you change one element. It's not going to be, you know, we had a drummer leave, you know, years into the process, too, who was my college roommate. And I remember his last show just crying. You know, I'm on the stage. I'm like, it won't be the same garage band that it always was. We obviously survived it somehow. And, and I think that was really what it came down to. We were all just like, do we feel like we're supposed to still be doing this? Can we do it? And we went in pretty humbly to this record and started the process out, not really knowing, but just going like, okay, we're going to give us our best shot and see what it's like and let the changes happen. Let it be, you know, I said something to somebody, it's, it's a little bit like Bo's ghost is in the room. I mean, I obviously know him very well. So I can tell a lot of times somebody throws out an idea. I'm like, Bo would not like that idea, you know? <laughs> so there's an element to that. That's always going to be there in the back of our minds, you know, cause we grew up together and learned that stuff together but saying that it's been it's been really exciting because i've leaned on the other guys too i think it's easy in a brother band and it has been for us for it to be like the brothers and everybody else and that's tough place to put them they don't want to get in between us fighting or in between our creativity and all that so it's been refreshing for me josh and seth have really stepped up you know and we and some collaborators we use on this on this thing i feel like we've let producers kind of speak into it a little bit more than they have in the past and so that's been really exciting good part of it Barrett, it's been a total privilege getting to have this conversation. We're so pumped about the release of Out of Body and specifically the vinyl edition going out to our higher level patrons. We're super excited and super grateful that you're continuing to uh, say yes to this call to bring beauty into the world, to invite the rest of us into the human experience a little more deeply. And on behalf of all of our listeners and patrons, thank you. We'll be rallying around this album for weeks and months to come and the live stream, which is coming out around the same time. Is that right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Awesome, awesome. We'll be in touch and hope to do this again sometime. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. believe it if I told you that there's actually something almost shy about Bear Reinhardt. I mean, the guy is as humble as the day is long. And all of you who are fans already of Need to Breathe, you know how talented this guy is. And so cool to just hear the stories about Wilder Wood, to hear the stories about Bo leaving the band and what it's now like being Need to Breathe as Bear and only Bear and obviously the rest of the crew. 
But without Bo, I mean, that's a crazy thing for me to think about. You know, if I had an entire career that for 15 years was built on biological brotherhood, I mean, with all of its joys and dramas, that'd be a hard thing to leave behind. And yet so much of the conversation today was a signpost, right? For all of us, a signpost towards hope, that happiness in this life is always a foretaste of what's to come. And that even those kind of out of body moments as always, are truly and deeply a little foretastes of heaven. Well, without further ado, I just want to go ahead and let you know exactly the deal at hand for those of you who are either patrons or not yet patrons. All right, so here we go. You go to joinlovegood.com, you subscribe as a patron, or you request an upgrade in patronage, okay? And while supplies last, from, from this moment until the last vinyl is off our shelf, you're going to get a copy of Out of Body, the vinyl, the brand new album from Need to Breathe. Now, many of you, as this week has unfolded, have heard that we're doing a first month free, which means anybody who signs up as a patron right now gets their first month free regardless, okay? But in these final 48 hours before the week is over, particularly those who have listened to this podcast, you now know that by going to joinlovegood.com, you're not just getting your first month free. You're not just getting your, your welcome package for free. You're not just getting your fall package for free. Regardless of your level of patronage, you're also getting out of body the vinyl for free while supplies last, literally until the last one is off our shelf. So do not delay. Go to joinlovegood.com. Join the movement. You guys are awesome. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Tuesday as always. And how about this for a bonus episode, right? Like, let us know what you think. Spread the word. Share this episode link with family, with friends, all over social media. If you guys like this episode, we're going to start doing more bonus episodes like it, but you'll never know when they're going to hit. It's always going to be a surprise, always going to be a bit of a, a bonus moment in the week and certainly in our podcast as well. All right, guys, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Tuesday. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.